You're listening to the Gateway Franklin Church Podcast. To learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, including our service times here in Franklin, Tennessee, visit us online at gatewayfranklin.com. And now, here is this week's message. Good morning, everybody. It is, uh, it has been an amazing yes. weekend, um, not just because we had the opportunity to pour into you, but we've just had the opportunity to get to know you guys yep. and your wonderful pastors and leadership team. And this is our first time actually in Franklin. Yep. And so it is a beautiful uh, city and a beautiful community. And it has just been wonderful. I think the sweetest thing that I have been able to see is couples excited about their future Um, and you know the last couple years have been really hard on families really tough on churches but I I just want to say I am I just got to know you guys but I am super proud of you guys pushing through um, and building your families and sticking it out and being a part of an amazing church Uh, Sean's got a wonderful message but I just want to give you all just a little bit of insight about us so we've been married 23 years and we have three adult children they're all in college and so uh just like pastor charlie said we were pastors over our church for 15 years so we have a big heart for the local community and god has just transitioned us to be able to travel full-time to speak into couples but then also into churches so that's a little bit about us and what we do we like to have fun we love to eat um yeah we're foodies so yeah yes i'm all about that life amen well, thank you, babe. Okay, I'm going to go take orders now <laughs> and do what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Thanks, babe. All right. Um, so I, I just want to say I'm grateful to be here. How many of you all have enjoyed worship so far? Right? God is doing some really cool stuff here. Um, I, I'm just amazed, uh, first off, at this church. It's fantastic. I don't know if you all really realize it. You know, sometimes when you're in a place, it's just the place. You know what I mean? You just kind of show up and it's what you do. But I really do want you all to know we travel all over the place um, and we see a lot of churches and we experience and encounter a lot of leaders. And um, you all have great leadership here at this church. And I'm not just talking about your lead pastor, but your team. Um, This facility is fantastic. It's a really nice facility. I just, I just want y'all to know. You know, I don't know too many places where you walk in and you have a gigantic living room for the family. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> if you're watching online and you haven't been, you need to come check it out. Okay, it's really cool. Um, but thank you all for bringing us in and allowing us to be able to share uh, with your church family what it is that God has placed in our hearts. Uh, we're grateful for you all. We've got a quick friendship uh, that God is doing. And to y'all, Wow. Um, it's just cool that we ended up here on the weekend, y'all celebrating 150. Uh, I've pastored for 15 years. I know y'all ain't been there for all 150, but because <laughs> y'all look fantastic, uh, uh, if you did, all right? Uh, <laughs> but I'm grateful just to be in whatever it is that God is up to in your city and what he's doing through this partnership to be able to see what it is that God is doing. That's legacy. Um, and I can only imagine in my mind what the church has endured to, to be around for that long. Um, and the stories that, that I wish I could hear, I'm just blown away by it. One of the things that um, our pastor in North Carolina, he's big on 
is um, honor. And I think that if there's one thing we've lost in the church world, in my opinion, and also something I just think we've lost in society in general, it's honor. I think there's an honor for God, and then I think that there should be an honor to one another. That we might not always agree, but I can disagree honorably. Y'all see what I'm saying? And, and so, you know, part of the problem with reconciliation and connection, whether it be in marriage and family or people within community or business leaders, whatever, the challenge is honor. And I think that that's something that my parents instilled in me. Um, and it's something that I think is just lost within society. You know, uh, back in the day when I grew up, buddy, uh, if you didn't address your parents a certain way, <laughs> you might get popped upside the head. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it was yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. And it didn't matter what adult you were talking to. You had to honor them. And um, <laughs> you might not like that tactic, but I learned some things. Uh, <laughs> so this is a great house. What you guys have built is excellent. But what I've been seeing and what I'm thinking as I've been praying about what to share with you all, my whole message got shifted from what we were going to speak. And Lynette and I looked at each other uh, yesterday in the morning, like right before we began the workshop. And we looked at each other and both of us sensed uh, a different direction of something that we wanted to share. And she said, no, you need to share this one. I said, okay. Um, all that God has done in this church, I believe, is a foundation but it's a foundation for fruitfulness. And it's, and it's almost poetic that they're here and you got 150 years of something that has began you know, long ago as a seed, but it's grown into something that is fruitful. And whatever God's going to do here at Gateway, we need to be thinking forward. Everybody who is a member of this family should be thinking forward. We should be thinking fruitfulness as opposed to just kind of enjoying the harvest of whatever has been you have to begin to dream forward about what will be, okay? Um, I want to go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. It is probably in my top five passages of all scripturedom. Um, I love it. Yes, scripturedom is a word that I just made up, but I love it. <laughs> 2 Corinthians uh, 5, 17 through 21, it says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ, okay? Um, and God has now given us this task of reconciling or reconnecting people to him. For God was, and he's giving us an example now, God was in Christ reconnecting, reconciling the world to himself. And he's no longer counting people's sins against them. Ain't that good news, somebody? And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So if you look at it, it's, it's the example is Jesus and God was reaching the world through Jesus, telling them and demonstrating through him and the cross that your sins are no longer the issue between you and God. When God is thinking about you, he's not thinking about your sin. He's thinking about sons that he wants to come home. When God is thinking about you, he's thinking about daughters that he wants to be reconnected to the family. That's what God thinks about. Uh, I, I know sometimes in the past when we think about church and we, maybe we've heard some fire and brimstone preachers and it, it kind of freaks us out a little bit because we think God is always angry. But I got good news for somebody. <laughs> he's not mad at you right now. 
I, I, I want everybody to get this, that he literally is saying, I just want you to come home. And that demonstration was through Jesus. And now something else has happened. When Jesus ascended, sat down at the right hand of the Father, that mantle, that assignment, that task, the gift of the message has been now handed to anyone who is a believer. So to all who have received this gift of being reconnected to God and your sins are no longer counted against you, you've been made free, you are now a child of God, you understand the good news. Ain't that good news? Okay, right? So now that we've received the good news, he says now God has now given you this mantle. He's giving you this message of reconnecting people to Christ. So we are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. Another way you can say that is if there is going to be an appeal made to the world that they can be reconnected and their sins won't be counted against them, then that appeal will be made through us. So if we ain't appealing, people don't know. That, that's the way that we have to see this passage, right? And so he makes his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead. Come on back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the sin offering for our sin, right? So that we could be made right with God through Christ. Okay, so a little bit about my background. I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church per se. I wasn't raised um, um, with a typical church-going family, so to speak. We visited churches. My dad was Catholic. Um, his whole family side were Catholic, and so they went to Mass every now and then. Um, only thing I remember about Mass was having to take communion behind somebody else who just drank from that cup. <laughs> it was terrifying. It was terrifying. And that was before we even knew about germs. I was, I was just, I was, eee, this ain't right. Uh, so my, so, it, but they used to have donuts, and I do remember the donuts, and that was that was that was a, the will of God. Okay, so so we would do mass and, and stuff like that. So we would go to that every now and then. We we didn't go all the time. Um, and then my mom, every now and then, she'd drop us off at the church down the street or something like that. And we'd had little stints where we would go, but we weren't like consistently going. But they believed in God. That's the thing about my family. They did believe in God. Whether we went or not, you knew God existed. Don't play with God. You know what I mean? Um, so there came a moment in my life where I was curious about God, but I wasn't fully committed. It was like I was interested, and in, in my, my interest had been piqued, and so I started kind of exploring this whole church thing, and I didn't really understand Scripture. It was weird to me because every Bible that I knew of at that time was in King James, and I didn't speak the King James English. You understand what I'm saying? Um, back then, I needed the message translation and quick. You hear me? Um, and, so, and so for me, I'm sitting here reading the King James, and I don't know what's going on. So I just left it alone. It wasn't for me. Uh, fast forward, I get to high school, and uh, some teachers, they begin an after-school choir program, and, they, and I like to sing, and it was a way for me to meet girls. So I go and join the gospel choir, which is an after-school program at a high school, so I can meet some girls. And, um, and it works. And, 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 <laughs> and what happens is, one day, I'm sitting in a choir stand, 
And a song came on, and to this day, I still can't remember what the song was. And we're practicing the song, and I'm reading the sheet music, and it was like the words of the music, like, began to convict me of God's love. And I'm sitting there in the back of the choir stand, and I just remember that moment. I start crying in a rehearsal in the choir stand. And I was like, what is happening to me? Why am I leaking? You know? <laughs> And, uh, and so I went down to, <laughs> I went down front and there was a, a reverend, uh, he was a Baptist preacher, Reverend Daniels. And I went down to him and I said, I don't know what's happening with me. And he told me, you need to go read your Bible. He said, God is working in you, son, you know, something like that. And he just said, start reading, go home, read the Bible. And so I went home, I started reading the Bible. I didn't understand any of it. I ended up in the book of James, uh, counted all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work in you that you may be complete and entire lacking nothing. And I was like, what in the world does that mean? So I called him up. I said, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. He explained what that passage meant to me. And I was like, that's what I'm going through right now. I was like, this is God. This God thing must be real. <laughs> and so, so I was intrigued. I, I grabbed the Bible and what I started doing, I would read it in the morning when I would wake up and I had it next to my pillow and it was the last thing I'd read before I go to sleep. And I didn't, I still didn't get the church thing. I didn't know how it worked. I wasn't really going to church. I was just reading a book and trying to get to know God. So one of these days, I'm reading in the Gospels, and, and, I, and I read about the crucifixion. And uh, all of a sudden, I'm a visual learner. Anybody else visual? Okay. So as I'm reading, I have to imagine it in my mind. So while I'm reading about Jesus being crucified, uh, I'm envisioning it, okay? I'm not saying that God gave me a vision of what Jesus looks like. I'm imagining a Jesus. Y'all got it? My Jesus had an afro. <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing. Okay, so, so Jesus is on the cross, right, in my imagination. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> all right, come on. We got to get back serious. We got to get back serious. So, so in my imagination, I'm, I'm imagining Jesus on this cross. And, and all of a sudden, something really radical did happen. I'm reading and Jesus is on this cross, and I'm imagining him. He's whipped. He's bloody, crown of thorns on his head and all this. And then all of a sudden, whatever face I was imagining was swapped out with my own face. And it was like instantly I got it. The whole Jesus thing made sense to me. And it was until that moment I, I looked at church as a religious organization. I looked at it as, you know, maybe... But in that moment, no, Jesus was real. And I got why God gave his only begotten son so that I can become his son. It was literally that God was killing whatever sinfulness that he saw in me that would separate me from his holiness. Anything that was a part of sinful mankind was literally being killed on that cross. The wrath of God was coming against sin and the judgment that should have been on my life was placed on Jesus. And in my mind, I'm the type of person where I, I, I don't hide what I'm thinking very well. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a pretty blunt person. And, and so I wasn't going to play games with God as if God didn't know who I really was in my heart. Y'all get what I'm saying? 
I, I couldn't front with God. I, I knew if God was real, then he saw everything about me. He knew the deep thoughts and the darkness that was in my heart like nobody's business. And I was amazed that God can know all there was to know about how sinful I was, and he still chose to do that. In that moment, I knew no one made Jesus do it because the scripture had told us that he laid down his life. No one forced him to do it. And so he chose to do this. And for me, all I knew after that was like 1 Corinthians 5 before I ever read 1 Corinthians 5. You get it? I, I knew if, if Jesus was real and if God the Father was real and this whole salvation thing is real, then that means all the Bible is real. And there's some stuff in the Bible about the end of days where, where there will be a resurrection of the dead and there's going to be life everlasting. And some people are going to live with God forever and ever and ever. And all I could think about in my mind was I want everybody to go. Shouldn't my sisters and brothers go, my, my cousins? I, I, I started talking to everybody. <laughs> I didn't have a great speech worked out. I didn't have it. I didn't. But all I knew was this thing was real. And any day you can get hit by a bus. And the next day you're going to open up your eyes if you, you know, don't survive. And, and you're going to open up your eyes and you're either going to be going one place or another. There is no in-between spot. You either have accepted the gift of salvation or you have rejected that gift of salvation. The end is coming. But do they know Jesus? I got to tell the world. And so I, 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 I jumped into church and, and, and eventually my wife and I, we actually did meet in, in choir practice. That's how we connected because I started singing a little bit at a church. But I, I didn't start off preaching and singing where I started off, honestly, was I dabbled in a little bit of singing. But really where I started off, we, I was sweeping the church. <laughs> me, me and my wife, would, you know, we, would, we were painting the walls of the church if they looked a little dusty. We, we were cleaning cobwebs out the corners. Literally, I had toothbrush in hand scrubbing the steps of the church because I wanted God's house to look great. We cleaned toilets. Because if it was God's house, I was going to be there. And if people were coming to, it, to, to connect with God, I didn't want any distractions. I didn't want a piece of wrapper on the floor to get in the way of somebody paying attention to God. Whatever distractions were there in the house, we were meant to get rid of them to help bring people to God. And if I can sing, then I was going to sing till I couldn't sing no more to the best of my ability because I was singing to the glory of God. I was just happy to have a spot in the house of God. Y'all get what I'm saying? Like the love of Jesus Christ compelled me to want to be involved in helping other people experience this message that I had experienced in my life. I was just grateful. Any grateful people in the house this morning? Grateful folks online. It, it just blew my mind. And so my reasonable response, my response to reconnection is this. God, I'm available to you. If you want a title today, it's I'm available to you. I'm available to you. I, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> I, I, I was in the choir, and, and, and this was when I first came into the church, and <laughs> they started singing this song, um, and it, it just wrecked my life. It was my first time hearing it. This was back in, like, 97, and it was like, uh, uh, Lord, I'm available to you. 
Hold on, y'all listen to the words. <laughs> he said, he said, my will I give to you. I'll do what you say do. Use me, Lord, to show someone the way and enable me to say. Some of y'all know it. Okay. My storage is empty and I am available to you. Y'all, I heard that song for the first time. I was in the choir stand like, Lord, I'm available. <laughs> Lord, I'm available to you. I was sitting there crying. Y'all think I'm playing. I was running. We were all crying. If you've ever heard the song, it's a beautiful song. But is there anybody in this room who's just like, you know what, God, I'm available to you. Whatever you want from my life, you gave everything in Christ Jesus. Who am I then to withhold any part of my life from the God? that redeemed me from eternal flames and brought me into eternal relational community with God. Like when I think about that, it blows my mind. And so I I refuse to be a passive consumer in God's church. Instead, I actually want to be a a practicing Christian. And his love compels us to his cause. If, If you think about it like this, My question to you is, will you make yourself available for what God asks of you? I I remember uh, when I first kind of came into the church world, I would hear phrases like, I've been running from God. I've been running from God. And I'm like, what you running from? You You know, why are you running? And some people, they think in their minds that God wants to force them to do something that they'll despise. Right. And I believe that God will actually operate within your gifting. And yes, sometimes you have to serve God and it gets a little uncomfortable, but it's always worth it in the end. This life is but a vapor. We're going to spend an eternity celebrating the life that we've been able to live and the change that Jesus made in our lives. If that is real to you in light of eternity, how should you be living in your present? Take off the track shoes, man. Stop running from God (laughs) and get to a point to where you know it. Yes, Lord. And then I think for some people, they're freaking out. They're thinking if they say yes to God, he's going to send them over to do mission in a mud hole or something. (laughs) It's just like, oh, no. (laughs) But here's the truth. The spirit won't lead you where his grace won't keep you. Wherever he sends you, God's also going to equip you to accomplish whatever it is that God equips, you know, tells you to do. The Holy Spirit will fill you to perform his purpose. Okay, but what I truly believe, it, it, and I'm gonna give you guys an analogy. Am I helping anybody so far? Okay, I want to give you an analogy. I'm gonna use baseball. All right, um, and and if you can imagine, everybody watching online, everybody who's here in the room, no matter uh, uh, where you come from, this may be your first time being in the house. This may be your hundredth time being here. Wherever you come from, we're all now. We've just been dropped into a baseball park. Okay, so we're at the baseball park, and I'm gonna ask. Which level are you on? And I'm going to give three different levels. And I want everybody to hear this at the very beginning. None of these levels are bad. All of them are good because everybody's in the house. It's all good. Okay? Now, the first level, I like to call them upper deckers. Upper deckers were like me when I first was in that choir stand. I was just trying to feel out this whole God thing. Is he real? 
I kind of believe he's real, but which way is the right way? Should I do the whole church thing? Um, and, and, and what's the right pathway for me? Okay? You're in the ballpark, but you're in the nosebleed seats. You know what I mean? It, it's, that's where I would go if I was in the ballpark. I'm not trying to make the biggest investment, but whatever investment, they just better be glad that I'm in the house. You know what I'm saying? And, and so we just kind of feeling it out. And, and, and we there for the game. Maybe you consider yourself to be a visitor, and maybe you're a little hesitant to commit. And, and that's okay. It's all good. Most of everybody in this room started off as an upper decker. Welcome. Okay, my question to the upper deckers real quick is this. How long will you watch? And what is the criteria for commitment on your end? Now I want to talk to some lower deckers. Lower deckers, you're a little closer to the field. You may be on the first baseline and and you're sitting on the front row in the stands and and you actually, you got the t-shirt. You know what I mean? You showed up with a mitt because you think something's going to happen. You're you're regularly coming to church. You made a commitment to Christ. You've chosen this church and you're looking for discipleship. You come to church looking to be fed. You want to be equipped and you want some more community. For all of you Lord Deckers, Welcome. Um, for you all, you got to ask yourself, how can you go deeper into the church regarding community? You got to ask yourself, what's next in your walk with God? What's, what's next? What is God drawing you to? Because it's easy to get to a place to where you're a lower decker and you just become really comfortable. You're just kind of enjoying the ride. You know what I mean? Then you got the next level, players on the field. Players on the field, they love the game. They all in. You have drunk the Kool-Aid. You hear me? Okay, players on the field, you got a jersey, you got a uniform. If the church say, hey, we need this, you're like, if I'm available, I'm there. Lord, I'm available to you. Whatever you need, you are playing in the game. You live for Jesus, for life, (laughs) right? If the church provides an opportunity, you get in the game. And it's our prayer that, that everybody would move in some way to the next level, regardless if you're an upper decker or you're a lower decker, or you're a player player on the field, that that I want to challenge you guys to learn from the life of Jesus no matter what your level is, okay? So I want to give you some lessons from Jesus. John 4, 34. John 4 and 34 is one of my favorite passages of Scripture. Listen to what Jesus said. My nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. I say, wake up and look around. The fields are already ripe for harvest. When he's talking about fields and harvest, he's talking about people. He's talking about the souls of men that right now people are ready to be gathered in and brought in to God's family. And he says the harvesters are paid good wages and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. What joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. So Jesus says, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God. So what Jesus is telling us right now is that part of our joy is in connecting people to the Father. You want to know why you got so many miserable church people? It's because they're missing out on some of the greatest living that this life has to offer. It's knowing that you are connecting someone to the God that you've been connecting to. And it doesn't matter. Please hear me. Whether you have a tiny role or you have a huge role in that, it doesn't matter. It's just play your part, whatever it is that God calls you to and whatever your availability lends you to. Uh, And let me give a clarifying thought. 
If you got a job, praise him. Secondly, that job is you operating as a child of the king wherever you are. That is a form of worship. Okay, so this ain't about guilt tripping nobody. I don't want y'all to get that mindset. Whatever work you do, the work of your hands is worship that's offered to the Lord. Okay, but I also believe that we are to help the local church. I believe that when God calls you to a local congregation and gives you a pastor that we are to say, you know what? Now that I'm a member of this family, how can we help connect people to Jesus Christ? Okay, so whether you're greeting somebody at the front door, whether you help set up the coffee on Sunday mornings, whether you're helping with production and running a camera and you're putting words on the screen or whether you're a person who leads a small group, participates in a small group, whatever it is, whatever capacity God has given you to help connect people, to reconnect people to the cross, to Jesus, to God, whatever role you play. I'm telling you, it'll all be worth it when you see God face to face. God, I'm available to you. Because part of my nourishment, my nourishment, y'all know what nourishment is, don't play. We know nourishment. (laughs) God says, your heavenly biscuit. (laughs) You hear me? (laughs) Your your biscuit and gravy. It it comes from helping somebody come to know Jesus. Okay? I want to go to 1 Corinthians And I gave you a lot more than what I'm going to read, but just skip down to 1 Corinthians 57, uh, 57, uh, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 57. It says, but thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Y'all look at this. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know, I love this, that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. So what should our response be in light of Christ's sacrifice? Paul says, work enthusiastically for the Lord. I I know being a part of a small group may seem like a small thing. And some of y'all, your schedule is crazy busy. But it may mean more to somebody that you're in community with. That your smile, that your testimony, that your contribution to that group is going to sharpen someone's conviction is going to help them see what God can do. And you being involved, it's not just about some clique that you get to hang with. It's about the fact that you're there to participate and share and share and do life with other people. And you help enrich the lives of those who may be peeking into Jesus for the first time. And they get to see in your life what Jesus can actually do. It's about in a world where people are really broken and people are really hurting all around us, all around us. And people are being sent to Franklin. People are being sent to Nashville. They're coming from the north, south, east and west. Have y'all in this room probably just flew in last week. Okay, so you got you got people coming in from all over the place. That being said, when people get here, it's not just that they need to be in a building. They need to connect with a family. Okay, and so that being said, I want to challenge everybody in the ballpark to play in the game that leads to eternal wins. Get involved. Make yourself available by surrendering to God's service. I want to say to all my upper deckers who may be here, one way to grow in your faith is to try the way. Another way of looking at it is like this. Back in the Bible days, the early Bible days, they 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 called believers 
followers of the way. They didn't call them Christians. Christians came along a little bit later on, and actually the name Christian in the Bible was an insult. It started off as sarcasm, and we just kind of adopted it, you know. But originally, they called them followers of the way. And it was, it, that's one of the names of Jesus. He's the way, the truth, the life. That's a name of God. So the idea is, if you wanted to know more about Jesus, you became a disciple. In other words, you began to practice the teachings of the rabbi. You followed the way. And it's hard to really judge whether a thing is real or not by just trying to observe it from the outside. Sometimes you need to actually step into it and experience it from the inside. And I, and I just want to say this. Church ain't perfect. There's not one church in America around the world that's perfect. But you do have people that are in pursuit of a perfect God. And sometimes it may take you a couple of tries to find the right fit when you're trying to connect in community. Because when you're dealing with people, it gets messy. But it's worth it. It's worth it. If people would have gave up on Sean when he was in that choir stand trying to look for girls. (laughs) I was a mess, y'all. I had anger issues. I had lust issues. I had pride issues. I had a lot of issues. I was just a walking issue. And so if somebody wanted to connect with me at that time, they were going to have to put up with the real me. I thank God for people who did. I thank God for people who were willing to say, you know what, God, I'm available to deal with this knucklehead. (laughs) When Reverend Daniels gave me his phone number and I was able to call him. And I knew nothing about his Jesus and all the scriptures and all that. And he took time. I wouldn't be here had it not been for links in the chain that helped Sean, my mom, when she did take me to church. That was a link in the chain. My dad, when they took me to mass and my donuts was good, that was a link in the chain. Okay. All of that stuff paid off to where eventually now we travel the world and we're able to speak and pour into other people's lives. But I didn't start on the stage. I started with people who were willing to say, you know what, God, I'm available to you. I'll make time for the kingdom. I won't put God on the back burner of my life till I see him in heaven as if he's irrelevant. No, God's my priority. I seek first the kingdom of God. Now, some of y'all, you, you come from a different denomination, and you've popped into this church, and you're kind of like, well, that's not where I was raised. It just hear me out. Please hear me out. Don't allow a principle in the scripture to become a prison on your life, where you're trapped by a verse instead of becoming a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. There's a parable, and I got to hurry up, so y'all got to be with me. Are you with me? Okay. There's a a story that Jesus gives. He gives an illustration, and he says, you don't take new wine and put it in old wine skins. They used to carry their wine in wine skins, and he says, as the, basically, if you put new wine in an old wine skin, if y'all just imagine a, a leather bag, if you will, I'm just using that as an illustration. As you would put new wine in it, that wine's gonna ferment, the gas is going to expand, and y'all know what's going to happen to that, that, that old bag. It's, it's just going to pop. 
And some of you all are trying to hold on to an old season of your life. And God is trying to bring in fresh wine. You don't have to dishonor the old in order to move into the new season. And so even though you're sent here, it's not about bad-mouthing where you came from. It's about just saying, God, you brought me here in this city, in this church, in this season. What do you want to do in me now? Because I'm not where I once was, but you are up to something here. God, I'm available to you now. And some things may be different, but do we agree on the fundamentals? Is Jesus Lord? Do we believe in God? <laughs> do we believe the Bible? <laughs> right? Do we believe that people should go to heaven? Then let's get to work. We'll figure the rest out. You, you get what I'm saying? We're, we're majoring on minor things when there are a whole bunch of souls who need to know Jesus. And all of us know him. And we're at a point in our, in our culture in America, this is the greatest mission field in the world right now. I know back in the day, the mindset was, hey, let's go to this country. Let's go to that country because they need Jesus over there. Let me tell you something. In other countries, they got Jesus. And they praise on a level that will blow our minds. They give sacrificially even out of their poverty. You got people in other countries, their faith will blow your mind. If the temperature ain't right in a church in America, people will stop attending. If the chairs ain't comfortable enough, they're going to find a place where their butts can find comfort. You hear me? People will leave. Simply put, because it's just a little bit uncomfortable. Service went a little too long for me. In other places, they will walk for miles. To be in, and I'm telling you, this is a fact, and it's not uncommon all around the world. But then we get here, and it's like, mm, I tried that small group, and sister so and so. I'm like, really? Like somebody's on the other side of the world, and their tongue could be cut out for preaching the gospel, and sister so and so gonna keep you from small group? Come on. Go back to the cross. Go back to the cross and think of what Jesus endured so that we may have life in abundance. And whatever sacrifice you need to make, count it all joy. It's nothing in comparison to what God gave and what the son laid down so that we can pick up this message and share it with other people. Okay? My heart for you all here. If, if you're not plugged in to community, if you're not plugged in serving somewhere, if you don't have full Sundays to commit, it's all good. Serve the one. If you can't make small group four weeks in, in a row, cool. Come the one time you can. If you're watching online, be a faithful onliner. Don't be here half the time. You sitting at home anyway. <laughs> Pop that phone open. You could be at the kids' soccer game right now watching Jesus, okay? But participate. Pray with people online. Figure out a way that you can contribute and say, you know what? I'm going to be all in. Wherever I am, I am available for God. But I'm not going to do it half-heartedly. I want to give God my whole heart with whatever I can contribute. I may not be able to preach, right? 
but I can give some hospitality when people are walking in the door. I can smile and, and pop a breath mint. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Please pop a breath mint. <laughs> just, just, just do it for all of us, okay? <laughs> you know? Hi. <laughs> we just like, woo! <laughs> That was funny. (laughs) But whatever you do, do it all in the name of Jesus. And if people are weird, forgive them and move on. If it's uncomfortable, it's okay. Maybe you shouldn't work in that department, but find another one. If you have questions, if you've been hurt in a past church experience, there's healing for you. But it's not to quit on the kingdom because of a disappointing experience, a season that you had. And church hurt is real. Okay? So I'm not trying to downplay it. What I'm saying is don't let it stop you. Okay? Pray through it. Get counseling for it. But we got a work to do. And in, in my picture, in my mind, is like I look at this room and I know we have another service coming up and people are watching online. And I think to myself, what would happen if everybody was a player on the field at Gateway Church. (laughs) What could we do in this community? Can we last 150 years? Can we build something that outlasts us? That's what I dream. I'm a futuristic person by nature. So I'm looking down the line and I'm saying, will this message that God has planted in this community outlast what we see with our natural eyes and our children's children can get a word because God has done something in a community of people who say, you know what? Sign me up. Last thing I'll say, because I don't want to hold y'all hostage. Um, <laughs> last thing I'll say is this. Sometimes uh, we, we pastored a church for 15 years, and I'm, I'm going to say it. Sometimes uh, Lynette and I, we, we're the type of people who are like, if, if we invite you for dinner, um, if we invite you over to our house for dinner, I give you a gourmet meal. Like, I don't play around when I cook. I throw down on food. You hear me? Okay? I can cook southern food, Italian food. We can go Louisiana Cajun. You know what I'm saying? I got you. You just tell me what you want, and I got you. Okay? <laughs> but Lynette's a, a, like a party planner type person, and so she's going to make sure that the table settings are, you know, set up perfectly and and we got games playing for the night. We got music playing. I'll pick the music and the music going in the background. The kids almost hate it when we invite people over because they know we're going to go all out to do this whole party. And I want y'all to understand, sometimes when y'all show up to church, it looks like everything is just fine. It looks like, oh, they don't need us. They got it. Look at it. Everything's great. But I'm telling you, Everything ain't finished because the church is constantly bringing in people and we still have yet to reach people who need to be brought in. And even though you get a great service, if things look like they're fully finished and fleshed out, that's just because we like to make sure that you have a great party. But that doesn't mean that after the party and the dinner that you've come to enjoy on Sunday morning, it doesn't mean that there aren't dishes that still need to be washed after you eat. Don't be that member that comes and always eats and you're a member of the family and you don't help to clean no dishes. 
Y'all got it? I love y'all. I want y'all to get it. After a while, you come the first time. All right, I'll pour your drink. You come the second time, I'll cook your food and pour your drink, and it's night. That third time you come to my house, you family now. You go get your own glass out the cabinet. (laughs) Okay, (laughs) okay? I ain't pouring you no more drinks. You family now. And some of us right now, you've been a part of this church, you've been blessed, and it's been good, and now you need to say, you know what? I know where the cups are. The Discover You cards are on the back. Fill one out. Get plugged in the community. Figure out what God has for you next, but just say no matter what, God, I'm available to you. God bless y'all. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Come on, guys. Let's pray. All over the room. God, we just thank you so much for this community. We thank you for this house and just all that you have planned for each and every last one of them. And we pray that you would open their eyes to how they can serve, how they can participate. Just show us all what's the next step. God, you have a plan for each and every last one of us that connects to impacting someone else's life. You know the end from the beginning. And and so sometimes, God, it can be a little cloudy. Sometimes we're apprehensive. And sometimes it's just tough to try again. But God, give us the strength to make the right step. Give us wisdom. And we just thank you, God, for the legacy and the ministry that's going to come forth from out of this house. That, God, this church is a gateway for someone to connect to you. And so, God, we, we, we thank you for purpose. We thank you for just enlarging the territory of this church. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you were encouraged and challenged by today's message. Again, to learn more about Gateway Franklin Church, find us online at gatewayfranklin.com. Thanks for joining us today.